Momentum Podcast, helping you develop a partner network that enables ministry to happen. I'm standing here, and you tell me if I'm too loud now. I'm a little off axis, so I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be popping. Welcome to the Momentum Podcast. My name is Daryl Parsons, and joining me today, Naomi Vandevish. Naomi, so good to be able to speak with you again. How are things going? Well, it's a sunny day here in Ontario, so I'm not going to complain this morning. I always <laughs> you. wonder, you know, if we, we make references to the weather and then we put this in a podcast. Do you think somebody is like listening to this like in Vancouver in January going, you know, like, wait a second. Huh? Ah, not so, yeah, not so sunny today. But, no, that's uh, it true. It is a beautiful day where we are, uh, me in my basement and uh, you somewhere in uh, Toronto. And uh, we are <laughs> mm-hmm. just uh, privileged today uh, to be able to have a conversation with uh, Jason Hathaway. Jason is the uh, volunteer engagement specialist with YFC Canada. Jason, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, well, we are excited to have you. Uh, Can you just maybe give people a little bit of insight into what uh, your role is? Yeah, so I I work behind the scenes. Um, So it's a human resource position where I have the blessing to oversee our our volunteers uh, with the national operations. So that's with our affiliate chapters and our national programs. So... I have the lovely task to help screen and onboard and, and document all those lovely people uh, while hopefully still being able to resource local chapters as well uh, with best practices and training opportunities and really just serving, serving from the behind the scenes so that we can make a bigger impact, a deeper impact through our volunteer force. Thanks. Yeah, the the interesting perspective uh, that uh, might also bring is is you're working a little bit more on the administrative side of things and I know that when staff mm. who uh, we've you know had these conversations in the past with staff who work on the admin side and there are probably some challenges in support raising when you're not on the front lines all the time um, so that is uh, a valuable perspective but wasn't specifically the reason why we wanted to talk to you uh, <laughs> uh, we've had the uh, privilege of having Jason involved with our uh momentum intensives uh, is which which we call our kind of uh, training uh, that we've been doing with groups of people and uh, we uh, brought Jason in specifically because of his um, skills and insight in the area of uh, communications really was was what what it started with and um you, Jason, you're a, you're pretty passionate about this topic. Well, what is it that that kind of makes this so important to you? To me, it ah, communication and, and communication with our partners. To me, feels like I've only ever witnessed two extremes of it being done really well, or being it's just an afterthought, or it's done really poorly. Mm. And and I think we do the ministry a real disservice when we do it poorly. And I think we miss out on the, on the blessing that it can be to like really engage with partners in partnership um, when we don't communicate well. And 
and it's and it's been something that I've an area of my ministry that I've had to learn and grow in over the years. And yeah, and I don't, and I just, I see, I, I get passionate about it because I want others to do it well. I want others to thrive in it. I don't, it, it always, there's, uh, there's a part of my heart that just aches when I hear people talking about when they're struggling with their partner development, when they're struggling with their fundraising and and my brain just tries to go into problem-solving mode for them <laughs> sometimes. And I, and I wonder what, that, what their experience has been like. What are they doing? What are they not doing? Um, and if they are communicating, right, I really do. I come back to some of the lessons that I've learned about like, well, it's great that they're sending out letters or, but, but what are they saying? Is it actually being heard as, and I don't know, it's something that I've, I've grown to be passionate about because I can see how it, it either makes or breaks people's ministry sometimes. And it, mm. and, it, and it just pains me when I see great staff, great youth workers, great missionaries struggle with their funding mm-hmm. because I know it, it just has such a deep impact into their well-being, uh, but it also has a, a great ripple effect into their ministry and what they're able to, to offer to the people that they're serving. And so, I, uh, yeah, so it's something that I've grown passionate about from my career with YFC and from watching others do it uh, well or do it poorly and just really wanting to see us all thrive in this area. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it's been a, a journey where I was able to learn these skills. Um, I don't think they were, I'm not a natural networker. I'm not a schmoozing kind of person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this is, you know, the area of communication and storytelling has been something that I've been able to learn. And I, and I think that anybody can learn it really, if they really lean into it and practice those things. So that's awesome. Tell it, tell us a little bit about that. Like where, um, when did this realization come to you um, that you were not doing your communications well? And wh- how did you start this learning and just yeah. walk us through it? So I, I found a fun, 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 maybe messy journey with YFC uh, <laughs> where I, I, so I, I started in the Edmonton chapter uh, a number of years ago and fundraising was always, uh, it didn't actually feel like a burden because our executive director at the time really took on a big load of it himself and subsidized uh, the whole team. And then, and that model was not very sustainable in the end um, when that executive director moved on. But uh, all in all, I ended up, uh, I had had the grace to fail well un- under those circumstances. Hmm. Um, so I was still tasked to, you know, meet certain monthly targets and, and whatnot there. And, but I, you know, I look back on those, some of the newsletters I sent out when I was with Edmonton, I, I often wonder why anybody gave any money. <laughs> I just, I just feel embarrassed about some of the ways that I wrote and the ways I communicated things. But um, the, the real shift point, the tipping point for me with, with partner communication happened when I was in Vancouver, actually. So I spent about three and a half, four years on staff in Edmonton um, before moving across the mountains to Vancouver. And I joined the East Vancouver team there. Uh, working in the downtown east side and and across the East Vancouver area, so 
and I was involved with their, uh, their mobile drop in, uh, their street outreach mm-hmm. program there. And, and Vancouver's funding model is, uh, probably much more reflective of what's evident across our chapters is the staff raising support, r- raising their salary, their benefits, their expenses, and so on. Um, and so when I joined that team, I, I had a much larger <laughs> financial target to hit, and right. I didn't yeah. have the, the the subsidy that was once available to me. And um, so I, I knew like I really needed to step up my game. Um, mm. I really needed to communicate better. I needed to do it more effectively. I needed to do it more consistently, um, so that I could actually do this ministry that I felt called to do. I felt my wife and I felt called to move to Vancouver to leave Edmonton. Um, and to embark on that journey. And so, and it wasn't until some of the great things clicked for me when I was listening to Andrew Chong. Hmm. Um, he led a, a brief training at one of our staff meetings, uh, which I think we've actually turned into a, a, a podcast episode of itself. Uh, yes, how, how do we write a better letter? <laughs> <laughs> and and just the insights that he had there just really like, it just made sense. Right. And, and, you know, Andrew has a background in journalism and he was kind of able to kind of bring that, that edge to things and a, I'll spare people the details so they can just listen to Andrew himself <laughs> talk about it. Right. But he just, he was able to communicate just the, you know, in some ways a bit of a formula um, is how my brain maybe processed it about how, like, how are we communicating and how are we, and really, I think it, it helped reframe and put myself into the position of being, um, being able to, to view through the eyes of the partner, but what are they receiving? You know, and, and to think about that with a, a critical lens when I am writing, um, because I think it's great to, I think it's important to write consistent updates to communicate regularly with our partners, um, whether that's through avenues of, of newsletters or a MailChimp campaign or, or some of those uh, one-on-one connections. And I think what I, what I really learned from Andrew was how, yes, that consistency is important, but that actually doesn't matter if nobody's reading what you're writing. Hmm. And and, and there's just simple things, right, about how, uh, yeah, how, like how we design a newsletter, what kind of, and, and really, how are we telling the story? How are we telling the story of YFC? How are we telling partners about the impact that they're making? Um, and it shifted, it, it, it will not shift, but it really connected with something that I learned from uh, Simon Sinek. He's a a marketplace leader and inspirational speaker. Yeah. Um, and he has this great TED talk about how, I think it's titled How Great Leaders Inspire Change or mm-hmm. Inspire Action. And um, and he just talks about the power of why. Mm. <laughs> he just talks about, you know, in whether it's in marketing, in storytelling, in, he just has countless examples about how, successful people are those that can communicate their why and to inspire change. It it connects with people's beliefs. It connects with why they're in the room. Um, And he just kind of challenges his audience and his readers to 
communicate to start with your why to communicate why you're doing this rather than talking about what you're doing mm. or how you're achieving that mission. Hmm. Uh, that is really significant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we can link to the, uh, the, the TED Talk that you referenced, we can link to that in the uh, description of the episode here if that's helpful to people. But I know if you if you look at um, or listen to our podcast uh, with Andrew, right, like you, you'll definitely get a little flavor of that. And, and it's a lot of good information about how to craft a communication that, you know, people might want to read. But there is a very significant shift when we start considering uh, communication, um, you know, maybe in, instead of talking about what we're doing, but maybe somehow shifting our thinking to understanding the why. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, that was what captured our imagination when, you, you know, you initially shared this. Um, could you, can you unpack that a little bit more for us in how you see that affecting your ongoing communications? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like I rabbit trail off into a million different ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's an area that I think, like when we stop and reflect on, like, what is our why? Like, why are we here? Why, like, why are we fundraising? Why are we like, why do we actually feel called to mm -hmm. do this type of work? And to, you know, at our worst, it can feel like we're just enduring fundraising to get to the other side of, um, to do the like, quote, unquote, important stuff. But it's, a, I think, though, like, those are questions that we need to answer and have answers for, right? It's like, why are we here? Why are, why are you serving with Youth for Christ? It's like, well, I resonate with their vision and their beliefs and I love, like, <laughs> like fill in the blanks, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think internally we have a lot of great language or renewed language about like why we exist to see every young person living fully in Christ. Like that's our, mm. like, that's our official why of Youth for Christ Canada. And I know a lot of the local chapters have, have adopted that as well mm -hmm. um, and, and just embedded that into their, into their language. And we have our, our YFC Canada playbook now that kind of expands on our mission and our values and our, and our beliefs. And like, that's, that's the, like, that's the nutshell of, of our why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we're here to, to see young lives changed through the gospel. We're, we're here to, to care for people holistically, to share Jesus with them through word and deed. And you can, you can use, you know, all kinds of language to describe the impact that we make um, and quantify that in, in many different ways. And, and that's just from, you know, that's just looking at it from the perspective of like the missionary worker, right? That's just like, as a staff yeah. member, I'm reminded of those things. Um, of like, that's why I'm here. I'm here to impact yeah. kids across Canada, period. And so that for me helps frame why my role is significant, why my job is significant, um, especially as somebody who's not doing frontline work anymore. Yeah. Like I, like I used to work with street kids. I used to mentor young people. I've, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time in Vancouver 
working with homeless teens. I journeyed with gang members. Like I, I sought to empower my team in a number of different ways to do that well. And I'm not doing those, uh, those things anymore, like directly at least like it's not, and it, you know, it doesn't, and I had some really great, um, be it sexy sounding stories, just by the virtue of being in some of those crisis um, uh, situations and to work with such a difficult demographic. Mm-hmm. I, had some, I was able to, to craft some really great stories from that, um, which I know isn't necessarily the norm for a lot of our people, uh, with a lot of our staff and volunteers. Um, but you know, now I'm able to, I still frame my significance of my role kind of through that lens of why, like what, what impact is being made mm. by me serving behind the scenes now <laughs> is, is the way that I approach writing and communicating with my partners now is, and that's, and that's maybe the, the question that I ask myself when I am writing an update is what is the partner's return on investment? Mm. Okay. Um, mm. You know, if somebody's giving $50 a month or $100 a month, mm-hmm. what do I have to show for it? Not, not in a, you know, a transactional kind of way. That's not how I, I mean that. But it's, but it's an honest look of like, well, why are they giving? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, they're giving for a reason. And, you know, whether they've, you know, they, they just feel really passionate about me as an individual or they've connected with our, our vision uh, as an organization, or they've resonated with something, maybe they have a direct tie to the, the organization through, um, I have a number of partners that are youth that I used to work with and mentor back in Edmonton, and now they're investing, like, and so for them, it's a part of their story. Um, and, and I think, you know, every partner's here for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Like they've made an intentional decision to support you, mm-hmm. to meet with you, to mm-hmm. attend that fundraiser event. And I just have learned that if you can connect with their why, if you can understand why they're there, speak to that. And, and not, not in a, a manipulative kind of way, but in a way that, that really honors them, that honors their time, it honors their investment. Mm. And I think, it, I think it helps us become better stewards. Um, to, because they're whether we and and, and I and I would encourage people to even to ask their partners of like why are like why did why did you decide to give? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a I spoke at a fundraiser last year, and I delivered probably my worst presentation ever. <laughs> <laughs> it just went off the rails. My emotions just kind of like overcame me and I was I did not hit my talking points like I wanted to and I, I left the, that that fundraiser event pretty discouraged hmm. um, but I, I gained a monthly partner from that interesting and and I came back and asked him later it's like why did you give <laughs> uh-huh. and I was up front with him like I just you know I felt like I did really poorly I didn't you know and I, I'm a very organized person I had like I had a plan that I was wanting right. to present and I, and I just couldn't communicate that. Like I had this big, long vision of volunteer uh, growth across the country and, you know, and these are how I'm going to get there. And, you know, it's almost like a pseudo 
strategic plan that I was hoping to present, but I just like completely, it just, it just went off the rails and it just didn't, it just wasn't delivered. (laughs) But when I asked him about it later, he said that, you know, it, it wasn't about the, like he, he could tell that, that I was organized, Hmm. but the thing that hooked, that hooked him was the passion. Hmm. what he said. My wife and I really just, we looked at you and you're like, you're passionate about this work. Hmm. And that for them was like, like your worth, your work is worth investing in because you are so passionate about it. Mm. Like that was, that was why they gave that was that, that is what pushed them over that threshold. And, and if, and are therefore, well, ah, they trust me to steward that investment. And Mm. so now I feel like, you know, I have a responsibility to aid, do good work, (laughs) but I want to honor them by communicating back what is happening Mm -hmm. because of that investment. Yeah. Because of yeah. their because of their partnership, mm-hmm. and that, how do I? Uh, yeah, that question I, you know that you started kind of just a couple moments ago was the, you know, the what impact is being made, right? Yeah, yeah, just just yeah, I like that. I just like that as a kind of a great maybe a, I don't know. It's a great way to approach a communication piece. But what impact is being made? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm. yeah. And I think it can, it can feel like a scary thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and. <laughs> hey, listen, no more scary than going to a partner and asking them, so what motivated you to start partnering? That was yeah. scary, <laughs> right. I think. But what, that could provide some pretty valuable insights as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I would love to have some fun with this. Thank you, by the way, for being transparent about sort of, you know, maybe not doing as good a job as you <laughs> would have wanted. So uh, you mentioned earlier, you've seen it done really well and you've seen it done really poorly. What's yeah. an example of do, uh, communicating really bad? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I, oh, it's gonna sound, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. No, this is uh, hypothetical. Uh, yeah, Nobody's hypothetical. ever done this, right? Hypothetical. This, this yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> I, when I think about somebody's, when I think about a communication that's done poorly, I think about their, you're just talking about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're talking about, uh, like I'm imagining a newsletter that feels too long mm-hmm. <laughs> to read. You know, so it's more than, in my mind, a newsletter should be one page, single-sided. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. Um, anything, anything more than that is too long. Yep, um, yep. So I imagine something that's like, you know, double-sided. Maybe there's two pages. Maybe it's legal size. And I read through it and I have a good picture of like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. You started a cooking club at the youth center. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. You have 12 kids coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's opened up some, some great discussions. Mm-hmm. And like, and I feel like I, 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 I read and I come across newsletters like that a lot where they're just describing what's happening. And I, and I think that's, you know, it's an important thing we need to ask ourselves is what is what's happening, mm. but there's a, there's a depth there. And I think there's a richness there that's being missed. Right. Mm. Because actually like when I think about myself as a partner, 
who's supporting the staff. Like, I personally don't care that you started a cooking club. What I care about is what's happening to those kids. Right. Like, <laughs> what? like why is that of, so significant yeah. that, mm. you know, you need to start a cooking club and what's happening because of it? And as a partner, I think about like, it'd be so easy to shift that, that story, right? Instead of talking about what you're doing, talk about the impact of that. Focus in on one team, mm-hmm. one conversation. What, like, a, you know, tell a story of transformation mm-hmm. of, you know, this girl was here and now she's there. And she's there because of your support. Right. Uh, like, yeah, no, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you know what I, th- I, that's to me, your first example is like, yeah, that's, that's okay. But you, you know, your point is it could be so much better, right? Yeah. I felt yeah. like you were going to say, you know, like a bad example was, uh, send money because I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, uh, that I didn't would make be a bad example too. But... Last month. Could you send me some money? Yeah. But, and I and I think sometimes our asks can feel that way. Um, and that's a part of it too for me is has been able to re, I reframe all of I reframed how I ask how I do that ask at the end of a meeting, mm-hmm. and I I directly tie it to their impact. And their investment right so it, like i i try not to communicate the um well, what's the word i'm looking for here in my early newsletters i would say something about how i have another i'm 65 percent supported in my role could you yeah. give 50 dollars a month mm-hmm. um what I do now is I connect it to the impact. So I, I would write something like, would you invest $50 a month to mobilize volunteer missionaries? Mm, or like, I, like something nice. along those lines. Or would you, would you invest in more young people like Sarah by giving $50 a month? Again, not trying to be manipulative. Yeah. But it's, it speaks to something deeper and something richer of like, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love the so, way you've tied in that our why, like why, why are we doing what we're doing mm-hmm. with the why of the person who wants to partner? So because yeah. they're, they're partnering for the same reason that we're, we're excited about the ministry and yeah. we're excited about um, the impact and you know, we felt called in the first place because we had that one conversation with that one youth or whatever mm-hmm. it is that that moment that mm-hmm. we felt that call. Yeah. That's the same why. <laughs> I love the, that sort of idea of, of recognizing we need to communicate our why very clearly mm-hmm. and also recognize why people are partnering so we can communicate with them right. and engage them at that level as well mm-hmm. instead of just the, yeah, the, the list of programs or the list of things we do. Right. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. And Jason, um, you know, if you started kind of some communication with this idea of, uh, you know, impact, right? What was the impact? Um, 
somebody might be thinking, hey, that's great. That's wonderful if you have an impactful story. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, let's be real. Like, what if things aren't actually going all that well at the moment? What if we're struggling? Like, you know, what, what, do you, what yeah. would you say into a situation like mm-hmm. that? I think it's, I, I think it's important to not try to fabricate success stories mm. like mm-hmm. first of, like just for the sake of integrity like i just i, I don't want to i don't want anybody to be to feel pressured to do that um and i think when things aren't going well or when we're in a season of transition or you know like you know all of us have just you know we've been in this pandemic now for over a year and things have just changed dramatically and mm-hmm. i think every ministry like, and I've had many seasons in my career with YFC where things have felt slow or I don't have, I don't have a ready story of success or a story of transformation. And, but what I find I often have during those seasons are, I have stories of difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> I have stories of struggle and pain. Um, and and I found that there's a way that you can communicate those things in a helpful way. Like, and so I've, I've actually have shared stories with partners of stories of disappointment or stories of just struggle. And, and in some ways try to seek to invite them into that journey. Hmm. And I, I, I like to assume that our partners are very reasonable, compassionate people. <laughs> and so they understand that, things aren't just you know rose colored glasses and everything's yeah. and bright and shiny right like things are hard like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's extremely difficult to journey with a young person yeah with, with, with one let alone however many are part of your ministry and so i think i think we can invite our partners into those stories of struggle in a dignified way for our youth um, that also, I think, yeah, we can share it in, in a helpful way. Yeah. And, and it makes it a true partnership. It's yeah. like real relationship. This is real stuff, guys. Like, yeah. And yeah. yeah. And, and maybe a good example of that is I remember I was in Vancouver. I wrote a letter and I just wanted to convey the season I was in trying to journey with, um, a group of a group of young teens. They're between the there's about five of them between the thirteen and fifteen young boys, and they were being groomed and recruited into a local gang. Mm. And I had, you know, prior to them being groomed, I had a relationship of trust with them, and so I was having conversations with these guys, and. I didn't have a story of success. <laughs> like we're in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to invite my partners into that. And so I just, and that's what I did. Hmm. You know, I, I, I took some of the notes I learned from Andrew Chong about how do I craft a good story? How do I communicate well? Um, how do I make it kind of descriptive so that my partners could like visualize it? And and I just kind of left it, you know, I kind of ended it off just talking about like, you know, your investment means that we can journey with kids like 
so-and-so. I don't even remember yeah. the, the name I gave the kids. Mm-hmm. I changed the names. But, but I, I connected my partner still to the impact that is in progress. You know, yes. and, and to communicate some of the, the emotions that go with that journey. Um, not in a way that would leave them thinking like, oh, Jason's burning out or he's not doing well. Like, it's, but in a way that like is authentic still. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And with that communication, I got uh, two or three people reached back out to me on their own accord. One partner sent me a book. <laughs> I was like, hey, I read your letter. I was thinking about you. And I sent you this book, you know, because uh, awesome. it just it resonated with them. It was uh, uh, another like inner city ministry book. Um, you know, I had another partner that was, she's a social worker in Edmonton. It was like, oh, I didn't know that gang was out there. And we, we just started connecting. <laughs> yeah. just, uh, and just, you know, they're financially giving, but then all of a sudden, like for me to talk about journey with gang members, it resonated with something deeper with those partners. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they felt included and they felt they were a part of the journey of supporting me and, and the team to intervene in those really difficult circumstances. It not only gave them, you know, something to pray about, but some of them, you know, they took time out of their day and out of their week to connect with me to hear about how I'm doing to, you know, they wanted to give the resources to like, see this work happen, to see these lives changed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, just as, sort of as we wrap up, I'd love to hear, Jason, if there's one thing you want people to remember from this conversation or just about their communications with your par- their partners, what would that be? It would be that you don't need to feel like you're selling yourself in fundraising. Mm. And I think that for me, that shift changed when I learned about and began to practice this idea of starting with why, mm-hmm. <laughs> of communicating that impact. What is the transformation? What is God doing in the community? What is God doing in the life of a team? Because all, when I can communicate from that lens, it takes the pressure off me mm. to say the right things, to you know, muster up the courage to, to do the ask because I just get to talk about the ministry. I just get to talk about the stories. Mm-hmm. And I think as people of God, the people of God have always been storytellers and we kind of get to decide whether we're going to be good storytellers or not. Yeah. And so it becomes less about me trying to make a paycheck and it, it refocuses it on why we're here. We're here for the, for the youth. Mm-hmm. We're here to mm-hmm. see the gospel spread across the country we're, we're, see, we're here to see the kingdom come mm-hmm. and who doesn't want to be a part of that <laughs> amen mm. <laughs> that's very cool and uh yeah i love i love the the fact too that that this this type of thinking will affect your ongoing communication things like newsletters and obviously also impacts uh initial approach and communication with people right down to the ask the initial 
opportunity you have to connect with an individual and invite them to partner with what God's doing. Very, yeah. uh, very impacting. Yeah, and for myself, you know, it really has just been this, it's felt like this subtle shift in just the way I view things. And, and maybe that's why I've grown to feel so passionate about it. It's because it just feels like a simple shift. <laughs> yeah. You know, of, of really, and maybe it's, it's more about, you know, being reminded of, of truth, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I feel those feelings of anxiety rise up with me about fundraising, um, they're kind of quenched when I'm reminded of some of these things. I'm like, well, why are we here? Why are my partners here? Oh yeah, we're doing this together. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want them to feel like they're doing it with me, like yeah. they, mm-hmm. like, because that's what makes them partners, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Thanks so much for your time uh, today, Jason. We really appreciate you joining us to share some of your heart on uh, on this, and it certainly, yeah, it certainly does show through. Well, I'm uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity, and I I look forward to the ways that this hopefully blesses others. <laughs> yeah, well, we are so privileged to get to have ongoing conversations with people. If you want to reach out to us uh, about your uh, ministry partner development, you can uh, send us a note, momentum at yfc.ca, and uh, we would love to connect with you and help you to uh, grow in your uh, in your partnership development and uh, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to listen today and we hope you have a blessed day bye <laughs>